sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. and shine sports investors it is another beautiful day in the neighborhood monday july 6th we are live let's cock a doodle do it this is the early line right here on sports grid i'm dane martinez as always i got my main man kevin walsh and we put the fun in functional sports content kevin how you doing it's a summertime monday we are feeling good we are live and at 7 a.m you're rocking the salmon how does it feel brother man Look, man, salmon at 7 a.m. The only option was to come out the gate strong. I'm loving it. I'm excited. Uh, It's been a news-packed weekend, and who better to get us started? All right, absolutely. You are correct. There is no shortage of news for us to get to. And anybody who's been watching us over the last few weeks, you know, we've been talking a lot about these sports returning to play, the testing, the logistics, the financials involved. That has been a major story that has dominated the sports world. But honestly, the other one, Kev, is that change is coming to America and the revolution is being televised and posted on social media. I mean, how... How much, like, a couple of weeks ago did we think with Kylan Hill and Mississippi State, like, that was not actually going to happen. The state of Mississippi was not actually going to change their flag. But we're in the context of, oh, my goodness, they did. And another thing Mm -hmm. that has been out there for years that literally the owner in all caps was like, this ain't ever going to change. It looks like it may be changing now, Kev. It looks like the Washington football team is going through a thorough review of their team name, and they don't do that unless they're actually going to change. I don't know if we credit Nike or FedEx or the changing tide in America, but Kev, this is going to happen, I think. And Ron Rivera's like, it'll be great if it happens in the next two months. Yeah, and I think it probably will. I don't think they'll ever take the field again under the name of the Washington Redskins. I, I mean, it's so crazy to think about, right? But I, I remember when, with all that Kyle and Hell stuff, right? And you were like, listen, I'm going to need to see people step up and take his. Oh, what's right. that? Oh, they all did? Oh, that everyone yeah. stepped up? And then, right. and next thing you know, the flag is gone. I, I mean, it, it starts with the, the change. And that's the revolution that which you speak of. But, you know, the same way that, you know, Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin and all of those coaches, right, throughout those Mississippi programs stepped up and supported Kylan Hill is what was necessary from FedEx and from Nike. But they did it. And there's been a number of opportunities for them to do it in the past, right? But it's never been at the surface to this degree. And now that it is, they've stepped up. And I don't necessarily understand how they could go through, if they come out of this, right? If they go through a review and they go, we're all good. We're good. (laughs) Like, that's not happening. It's not going to happen. So, yeah, I I think we're going to be calling them something something different uh, by the next time, you know, Dwayne Haskins is on our center. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not make the assumption that it'll be Dwayne Haskins. I know, I know. I know you're ready for Kyle Allen games. There'll be a different team name. I mean, and I know, (laughs) you know, it's funny. I saw it, um, you know, on social media that one team name was, why not just name them the damn Buckeyes? Because all they do is take Ohio State players. Let's talk about some of the candidates, Mm. though. I've heard Washington Warriors. I've heard Red Mm. Tails. I've heard a lot of different things um, that can even kind of preserve maybe some of the some of the narrative of the the past of, you know, maybe the Native American community. Is there a way to honor that? Do you have any kind of favorites out there so far, Kev? Yeah, I mean, I have one that I know people aren't going to love, but yet you have to Uh-oh. bear with me. But I think the Washington Roses would be a very strong name. Now, I know there's going to be a lot of people like, Roses, that's not, man. Like, well, how are we supposed to beat teams up when we're called the Roses? But right. you got to play the long game here, okay? They would be able to probably put forth the most beautiful jerseys in the NFL. I recently oh, bought so a Manchester beautiful. United jersey. Beautiful. Listen, if you don't if you don't see the value in having jerseys that are going to be flying off the shelf because they're wearable, because here's what's going to happen: these are going to get released, right? And yeah. everybody's going to be looking. And if they look great, 
People are going to buy them in droves. And as much as like roses might sound very arbitrary, I look this up. I do my research. That's why we're, you know, Go ahead, I say you know get, it, get it here in the early line. The state flower is an American Beauty rose. So it's Whoa. still at least like, it's not like totally random. Beauty? That would look good. They should put that. In on their jerseys. Remember American Beauty, the movie with the roses coming out of her? What is it? Mir, Mir Sorvino, potentially. What about this? Because, first of all, I, I hear what you're saying, Kev, but honestly, no matter what they change the name to, it provides an incredible opportunity to buy new jerseys, right? When they do put it on yeah. the Nike website, when it is there, it doesn't have to be beautifully designed or aesthetically pleasing. It'll help. When- <laughs> yeah, but listen, Kev, remember like, you know, when the Mets came out with their black jerseys or whatever the alternate third jersey is, or when Michael Jordan wears number 45 or where Kobe Bryant wears number eight, all that's to do is sell more jerseys. And the fact that there will be another uniform out there, regardless of the team name, still provides that opportunity. I remember you said you like the idea of hogs as an old uh, throwback to the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that would be cool. I, I think, look, the, the thing is, I see, I've been dying for like an expansion team in like the NBA or in okay. the NFL, just because I think it's cool. Right? Like the NHL, right. very lucky that they got one, right? Now, this isn't necessarily that, but just like I think this kind of change will be cool. Like, I'm into this, like, just for them to look completely different, right? Like, okay. so I'm, so I'm all Vegas? about Isn't this. Las Vegas, like, different for the Raiders? Yeah, but that's just a location change. Like, because okay. they're pretending that they're still in Oakland, right? Like, it, what, right, wasn't it the other day where, where Davis, right, the owner, was kind of like, we don't want to upset the fans in the black hole. And it's like, dude, you left the black hole. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, you're, But they're trying to pretend it's still the same thing. Like, this is, it's going to be different on purpose, and we're going to acknowledge that it's different. And I'm just, all I'm saying is, listen, yes, New Jersey's regardless gives a chance for people to buy stuff, but the Falcons released New Jersey's. Tell me one person, Dane, that went out and bought a brand new Julio jersey with those awful no, New Jersey's. you know what I mean, though, but it's going to be Washington, whatever the word is. Yeah, but they got to get the rollout right, because there's going to be right. people who are going to be looking to make that purchase, but if it's hideous... Then people are like, ah, whatever, cool, glad you changed it, but you're still terrible. Like, they can still they can still mess this up. Fair enough. And roses merely smell like poo-poo-poo. But let's keep be it going. Lovely. Because 100,000 at the first game? I'd love it. That could be cool. That could be cool. Obviously, though, yeah. this is a changing story that we can see. And the fact that there's a real chance that this is going to be expedited, I think is absolutely a testament to the fact of this tidal wave of change. Here's another example, Kev. The Washington football team may not be the only major American team franchise that's going to do this. It looks like over in Major League Baseball, the Cleveland Indians are also, you know, They've got this on the table. Now, I mean, about a year or two ago, they did kind of eradicate the caricature mascot they had of Chief Wahoo from, I think, their official logo and the uniforms. But this is also another place. Like, is this now going to definitely happen also? Is the tidal wave of change too strong? Or, you know, do you think because the gun hasn't been pointed at the Cleveland Indians yet, they're going to make it through? No, this is coming with change as well. And you're not going to enter this review process and come out of it like, look, this is great. Like, they had to make that change right with Chief Wahoo. They they rightfully did so. They did, yep. But they're... There's there's a number of reasons for them to do this. I was actually reading a very um, well-done piece. You can find it on my timeline if you'd like to read it yourself um, by Anthony Ooh. Castro Vince, who covers this team. And he said, look, the Indians also have a, have a massive issue right now with marketing because all they can pretty much do for a logo is a block C. Right, because they can't they right. can't actually put something together that might not potentially be offensive. And that's not right. supposed to like when you're putting together a logo, right? Like the fact that you have to consistently think of that. So that's a big reason for them is like there are benefits for them actually going out there and making a change. And another part of that piece is something that I've certainly come across in other spots um, on my timeline and maybe others have as well in terms of a suggestion for them, which is to revert back to an old team name of the Cleveland Spiders. Dane, I don't know Ooh. if you've seen this logo. It's beautiful. 
it's really nice. I, I, I they've got yeah, kind of like the baseball at the back end right there. Um, and then yeah. you see how the block C also, like there's a couple variations there. I think this would be, I think this would be great. Like, see, I would buy a Cleveland Spiders hat, no doubt about it. I'll tell you what, though, and I would have, there's the opportunity here if that block C, like you're talking about, was in red, that the legs mm-hmm. of the spiders could even become, like, function almost as, like, stitching on a baseball on some way. Yeah, yeah. Like, this, yeah. Looks like the, this looks like the Richmond spiders to me, though. You know, um, so I don't know if there's copyright infringement, but yes, I mean, listen, you're right. This is all you can take it in a number of ways, right? You can take it in the way that these change needs to happen. They have to acknowledge um, the offensiveness for uh, different segments of this population. Right. And then, as we're saying, Kevin, whether it's roses, whether it's hogs, whether it's spiders, it presents an opportunity to bring into the fold younger fans, you know, whatever it is, right, that. Like you're saying, think the logo is cool. Kev, we've heard about the Indians. We've heard about the Washington football team. Where does it stop, though? Uh, are the Kansas City Chiefs worried here? The Atlanta Braves? The Florida State Seminoles? Will we ever see a tomahawk chop in stadiums again? You know, we have been talking about this, and it is clear that it is a tidal wave of change, right? The scenario, the context in this country is ripe for the picking. We're talking about statues falling. We're talking about, um, you know, fight songs changing. We're talking about the Confederate flag being taken down in the state of Mississippi and in NASCAR, for goodness sakes, right? But, like, where does it stop? I think, I think what's going on right now, one of the easiest ways to put this is the standard is being raised throughout this country and in a number okay. of ways. And, you know, a lot of people will cry, oh, this is cancel culture. No, I, I think we're trying to stop offending people in very, very unnecessary ways. Now, I can't tell you, okay, whether or not, you know, Florida State's going to have to go through a change or the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm, I'm not sure. Because, you know, like, in... You know, someone in, in my position, right, like, you, we can look it up and we can research, but it's a matter right. of how the people that this is, you know, more directly kind of targeted at, or at least it applies right. to, how they feel towards those things, right? And we know throughout the years, right, how Washington's team name was offensive. We know that the Indians logo was very offensive, and those things were changed, right? or at least the Indians logo was changed. And now that's why there's always, I mean, I mean, the... People referring to them as the Washington football team is something that, you know, is not new, right? Like, I'm sure, you know, you've been no, doing it I've for, been doing it for about four or five years on this network. Right. So I think we're, I think what's happening right now is the standard being raised. Where it stops, I'm not sure. But again, I think at the end of it, we'll come out much better for it. Yeah, absolutely. And that definitely is the headline story. I mean, in 2020, I think the headline stories of this country, right, Kev? Unfortunately, are no longer that the Astros are cheaters. But the main stories in this country are the fact that, you know, COVID is taking over and that this evolution is coming to play. We'll talk about it more. We're going to the NBA when we come. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back here to the early line on Sports Grid, giving you the edge every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. My man Kevin Walsh and I will be live giving you the edge and putting the fun in functional sports content. Kev, we talked about kind of the biggest story maybe in this country, right, is the evolutions that are happening. But, you know, the NBA and Major League Baseball are getting back at it. For a while, we were talking about this, the back and forth, the negotiations, and all of the hurdles that need to be clear. But now we're kind of there, Kev. You know, in the mm-hmm. NBA, for the last couple of weeks, the questions have been, you know, players testing positive, the transaction window, and if some players are going to actually, you know, report or not. I would say one of the biggest names that were up in the air made his decision All weekend, and unfortunately, Kev, he ain't going to Orlando. I'm talking about Pacers all-star guard Victor Oladipo has, you know, decided 
is that he is going to opt out, right? Whether it's family concerns, also the injuries that he was rehabbing for. And remember, he's one of these kind of young studs on the precipice of potentially a max contract with a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. When you add all these up, Oladipo has formally decided he ain't going to Orlando. Yeah, and I think he's made the right decision here. For, for me, okay. we, we had a, a rumored contract offer from, this, from the Pacers. That a contract extension of four years, $80 million, which for someone of Victor Oladipo's caliber is a slap in the face, especially mm. when he came in in, re- in the return from the Paul George trade, kept this team right, certainly in the hunt. They got to the playoffs. He was, you know, an all NBA level talent for this team before he went down. And if you're Victor Oladipo, then you have to sit there and say, okay, the only way they can justify that contract offer is if they believe that my injury right might prevent me from getting back to that level okay well if that's what they think when my injury status right now leans closer to the positive direction right. than than not if i go back right. there and get banged up they're gonna offer me like 10 million dollars a year and what makes that contract offer such a slap in the face is he's currently on a four-year 84 million dollar deal Right, so, oh, so he's it's actually less. it's less. Yeah, so that contract offer would be less money, right? There's no way Victor Oladipo should be getting that contract offer from this basketball team, and he has to know. Now he's only going to have one year left on that deal, right? So he has to know that if they don't give him that offer, somebody else will, right? Like I think it's of note that the report. I believe came from like SNY, NY Post people of that. Ah. Like the Knicks would love, love to bring Victor sure. Oladipo to the Garden. So I think Vic is making the right decision here in not showing up. You know, making sure that he is one hundred and ten percent to you know be cliche here because going back for this restart when this team it's just not their season to compete for a title. I think is the right move. Well, wait a second now. Let me ask you this because um, there was another example we talked about last week, Dobbs Bertans of the Washington Wizards, right? And mm-hmm. he had some similar kind of uh, factors here, right? He was also on the precipice of what might be his, you know, strike rich. It's the only opportunity to get a good contract, but it seemed like he was working with the Washington Wizards, right, in a way that I remember you thought could actually, reading the tea leaves, think that it was more likely that he stays mm. in Washington because of the collaborative tone of what you thought was going on there. You think, what about the idea here that the Pacers are in cahoots with Oladipo to let him sit out, let him rehab and be a better asset for ultimately maybe the Pacers moving forward? Yeah, it's it's tough to tell, right? Like you read okay. the, you know, because Shams, um, you know, spoke with Victor Oladipo, right? And he put this piece out. And he also spoke to Vic's trainer kind of about his status. And, I mean, you know, they said that he's 100% right now. But it's just a matter of, you know, kind of being cautious about it. He came back from this injury and did not look good. It, it, it threw this team off a little bit, his return. And right. I don't know where the Pacers land on this. It, it's It's tough for me to say it's... I just kind of can't get out of my head that rumored contract offer, and I have to think it played a role here. Now, maybe they did, right? Maybe they said, listen, then why don't you go out there and, and, and stay 100% and let's not risk this. I think, that's, I think that's possible. Again, I think that would honestly be a good decision for the Pacers, right? Like we saw that's what the Nets are doing with both Durant and Kyrie. It right. is hard for me to tell, though, if they're working in lockstep here, the two sides. All right, fair enough. There's only one way to find out. Remember, all of the scheduling is now different, right, Kev? You know, the free agency is going to be in October. There's going to be like this weird one-week window where we're doing the draft, where we're doing the combine, where we're doing everything, like literally hours after Game 7, potentially, of an NBA Finals in this truncated season. Let's apply what we've been talking about as a big topic here to the NBA. It looks like the NBA and the NBA Players Association, Kev, have agreed. We've talked, remember, about Black Lives Matter 
being painted on some of the courts in Orlando. One of the things we also talked about was the idea that players will have the ability to use their jerseys or the back of their jerseys or decals on their jerseys as freedom of expression. And this has now kind of been official. Um, I actually think there's a lot of creative ways players can go, but it looks like this is something that will happen. And I know a big conversation was players wondering, how can we still play but leverage the platform they have as NBA stars to still, um, you know, create awareness and keep the uh, current of change going. It looks like it's going to happen on jerseys, right, Kev? Yeah, and they've given us uh, the list that's been made available. So uh, the options are Black Lives Matter, Say Their Names, Vote, I Can't Breathe, Justice, Peace, Equality, Freedom, Enough, Power to the People, Justice Now, Say Her Name, CC Puede, which, yes, we can. Uh, I think I'm saying that right. Thank Liberation. Right? Uh, well, it's, it's there for me, Donna. I didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> see us, hear us, respect us, love us, listen, listen to us, stand up, ally, anti-racist, I am a man, speak up, how many more group economics, education reform, and mentor uh, make up the list of available names? I think, um, you know, Black Lives Matter, I think, say their names, uh, say her name, are mm-hmm. some of the ones that I, I think you'll see very, very popular. Um, I actually spoke this weekend, um, I joined Gabe um, on radio, and I said I was a bit surprised to see that uh, more than an athlete, which is LeBron's um, slogan, actually didn't make this approved list. Yeah, you know, I got to tell you, Kev, I'm of two minds on this. I really am. Mm. And it's weird to me how <laughs> when Colin Kaepernick takes a knee, he mm-hmm. decides how he wants to protest. And the big kind mm. of back and forth was like, Oh, you can protest, but we don't like the way in which you're doing it. So I almost find it as black as backhanded to be like, you can use your jerseys for freedom of personal expression. And then a week later say, and here are the eight ways you're allowed to do it. What like to me, that's an oxymoron, right? If it's about expressing what you want, how are you then going to still put that in a very specific box on what you are allowed to do? Remember, I think one of us, we were talking about on a previous show, the idea of maybe you put in George Floyd or Breonna Taylor or Aubrey's or Eric Garner's or literally instead of just saying or whatever the hell you want. I thought the idea was freedom of creative expression on how to put this out there. I think it is weird, Kev, that now they're saying you can express yourself but only in these 10 ways. Yeah, I mean, this was agreed upon between the NBA and the NBA PA. They worked together to create this list. There was a report on the reason why they ultimately decided against um, putting, such, you know, Breonna Taylor's name or George Floyd's sure. name. They, they, they were just... They didn't want, I think, maybe a scenario where potentially they would be, it would be a constant reminder maybe to those families, but also the fact that maybe some names that have been impacted, right, yeah. would not be represented. And this was something that was agreed but upon. But even like names specifically, sides. what about like anything? What if I want to say, like, um, you know, what if I want to talk about, uh, you know, gender rights here? What if I wanted to put on my back, me too? That's what right. I and. It's it's not on the list. I think this is a list created for the current times. It's not to say that those other things don't matter. It's not to say that those other subjects can't be broached by these athletes during you know pregame, postgame, press conference, whenever right. they want, right, on any of the platforms that they have made available to them. But I do think that the league, you know, and the and wanted to probably put it somewhere in a box because you, again, like you don't want anybody to, and I'm not saying you're offering anything up as a joke, right? But if you just leave it as complete free range, right? And then somebody puts up something that you go, oh, well, we can't have that, right? So you almost you set the parameters, you 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 work with the players' association to create those parameters, and you come up with a list that I think, for the most part, when it comes to the issues that they're looking to address, they've pretty much covered all of their bases. Oh, yeah, I don't disagree with that, right? I just thought from a conceptual standpoint, it sounds funny on one side to be like, yes, 
we want this expression. And on the other side to be like, yeah, and this is how you can do it. You know that one week in the NFL where everyone is allowed to like wear whatever they want on their cleats? You know, mm-hmm. the NFL isn't being like, but only uh, cancer nonprofits are allowed. You know what I mean? And I just find it a little bit interesting. I don't know if it dilutes the message, but I understand wanting to be focused on the times at hand. You know, maybe, though, the first time we are going to see these jerseys, Kev, is when the NBA has scrimmages going into the first games, right? And we've been talking about this runway. By the way, MLS has their runway because that tournament is starting in a couple of days, we hope, right? So you got to think about it. They have preseason games as well. I know the regular season games are starting on, I believe, July 30th, the end of this month. What about the kind of scrimmages, the preseason? How is this going to get ramped up, Kev? Yeah, so they've released the full preseason schedule. It begins on the 22nd, and then the last day of preseason games would be on the 28th with regular games starting on the 30th. Uh, Now, what's going to be really interesting is if these games are televised. That's really the hook here because, one, we then will somewhat find ourselves back in the fold. Two, eventually, wouldn't be surprised if we started getting lines for them. People bet on preseason sports. All the time. Most importantly, though, the opportunity to see these guys out there before real games start. See who looks good, who looks bad, and that is a massive opportunity there. So hopeful that July 22nd, or at least maybe by July 23rd or 24th, some of these games make it to TV so we can watch. Oh, it'll definitely be on TV. Think about the programming that is going on right now and being consumed by the sports fan, and if there wouldn't be an appetite for your preseason NBA. There is more to discuss. We'll talk about who will be there when we come back off and running on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. I'm Dane Martinez, my main man, Kevin Walsh, with me as always, bright and early in the morning, where we get you ready for all the news of the day. Kevin, we were talking about the NBA. We were talking about how they are going to leverage their platform with different things on their jerseys, painting Black Lives Matter. You talked a little bit about that scrimmage schedule. Now we got to figure out who's going to be there, not only because Victor Oladipo and others have made the choice to not be there. There are going to be some people that aren't, quite frankly, allowed to be there because they are at high risk for coronavirus or have tested positive. And we need to go into that now, Kev, because remember, there was a big topic that some of the elderly coaches, right, D'Antoni comes to mind, Gentry comes to mind, Popovich comes to mind, were maybe going to be asked to not come to the bubble because they were at an increased risk of coronavirus. And if they did, in fact, catch COVID-19 at their advanced age, it could be a bigger problem. We didn't hear too much about this. There was a little bit of back and forth. But now we know there are a number of assistant head coaches who have also been flagged. And right away, I know, Kevin, you look at the teams that maybe are quote-unquote true championship contenders, and I find one very quickly when I look at Lionel Hollins on the Lakers. So this was really interesting to me, and I don't know how this read for you, but I could not tell whether Lionel Hollins was explicitly told he could not come or if he was red flagged and then realized the best decision was to stay home. Now, I don't know how this read for you, and I would think that if he was red flagged, he was greatly encouraged by the league to stay home. I just think that it was was tough for me to, from, from the wording of all of this, to tell how it landed. And I think that's important. Because Mm -hmm. we just still don't necessarily know if the NBA is explicitly telling people you can't come. And I do have to say, I think while Lionel Hollins is, you know, an important part of this Lakers coaching staff that's done really an excellent job and and hasn't, you know, right, Jason Kidd and obviously then Frank Vogel is the head coach. They've got a lot of experience on that bench. If this was you know, Mike D'Antoni, right? Like, if this was a head coach, if this was a bigger name, I think it would have been a bigger story than it just being Lyle Hollins. But 
to me, I, and I don't know how, again, I don't know how it read for you, but I couldn't tell if he was forced to stay back. Yeah, here's, that is the key, right? Um, because as the, as the coaches union said, these men should be able to understand their own risk, understand their tolerance for it, and make a decision. That's what the kind of coaches uh, association was saying. And I think the word you used, Kev, that I'll latch on to is the greatly encouraged. You've also been saying, Kevin, that you think the difference between the NBA and, say, Major League Baseball is that they're playing nice in the sandbox together. The tone of mm-hmm. conversations are different. So you're right. I don't know either. The way I am going to assume is that he was flagged and then there was a conversation. Okay. Mm-hmm. And in that conversation, you, you know, the, the greatly encouraged part is maybe the league is trying to appeal to the uh, logic of it all and greatly encourage you because they don't want it to play out like it looked like they disqualified anybody. Right. And I think that narrative is important here. Right. One is the powers that be making decisions for you and forcing. The other is, hey, I'm working with the doctors to know what's best for everybody. And you like the idea of the tone of those conversations. I think that's very mm-hmm. important here. I think it when it is flagged, I think it leads to a greatly encouraged kind of situation and that softer language so that it doesn't become an issue for any union out there. Does that make sense? Are there any other coaches that this kind of may impact that move the needle for you? Or do you think Lionel Hollins is kind of the top name? And it's also interesting to me that we haven't heard of any players like in this category that because of the medical records um, were flagged in this kind of way. Well, and this is the thing, right? And, I, and you are someone who always kind of talks, right, about, you know, this information being private. But we don't know what it was that led sure. to Lionel Hollins being red flagged. It was, right. though, pointed out that it was not age-related with Lionel Hollins being 66. You can take this piece of news to say, okay, Mike D'Antoni is going to be there, right? You can take that piece of news to say that because we know he wants to be there unless all of a sudden – he were to be red flagged. Is it naive, Dane, to think that no NBA players would be red flagged? It then starts to ask the question. Uh, yes, what? I think it would be naive to think that, right? And the same I, thing I, may I, be I, happening, Kev, right? We may have heard uh, one of these players that are opting out again. What we don't know, right, as the public, as us in this industry, is whether or not, it, you know, it is being presented as that they mm. are opting out. We don't know if they're getting the greatly encouragement nudge, as you're describing, before they declare that they're opting out. We don't know what's going on behind the curtain, right? Are they being told about why they're at high risk? Like, what is prompting them to opt out? We only know the public statements around why. Yeah, and, I mean, when you look through the players that thus far have opted out, I think you would be hard-pressed to try and identify one as a potential red flag just the reasonings that each individual gave were like so oh yeah that makes sense. family that, and stuff right yeah you know like like so i think you would be hard pressed to find that there's also potential right that now you know again this report came out on the third of july right so maybe they're getting some of these results back and this could be the beginning there's also the potential right. for the world where lionel hollins is an assistant coach on the bench and it was pretty easy for him to be like, eh, I get it, I'm going to stay home, where maybe somebody else was red flagged and they're trying to battle against that decision. And, and this is, right, where you get kind of right. that push and pull when this information isn't made public. These situations aren't going to get dragged out in public, right? And they're then probably working, I guess, behind the scenes with anybody <laughs> that this potentially could apply to. Yeah, I think that is possible, especially as to your point, Kevin, right? The idea of what the public conversation looks like and how it looks like sides are working together is certainly something you have been focused on. Now, one thing we do know is that NBA is going to keep on testing. They've been testing and testing. They're testing. We were impressed, right, with the rate of positive cases. We were like, oh, this is not that big of a deal when they released the numbers at first. We have now seen another round of testing. I believe it's like another nine players have tested positive. But I got to tell you, Kev, another thing that I'm 
not necessarily thoroughly pleased or excited about is, look, the Sacramento Kings have shut down their facility because of positive tests. The Milwaukee Bucks have shut down their facility because of positive tests. So the fact that there's only like a small percentage or it's only like nine here, 12 here, that's one thing. But this is a very contagious, infectious disease. And like when one happens, it could very quickly lead to having entire facilities being shut down. So the fact that this testing rate is what it is on July 6th, Kev, unfortunately, doesn't really mean much for what it's going to be on July 30th. Yeah, that's true. I think those facilities being shut down kind of speaks to how the teams are viewing the importance of them, honestly, because the decisions have been made very quickly, and I don't okay. think they view the few workouts that they'd be able to get in as worth it at all, right? They're like, ah, listen, this again, like, this is why we've talked about the runway a thousand times, in that these guys are going to show up there starting tomorrow and then until the ninth, and they're going to have themselves three full weeks to prepare yeah. before those first set of games. So I think a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, okay, a couple guys got it. Listen, shut it down. We'll, we're, we're getting there, and we'll be able to practice, right? And we'll figure it out there. The question that I, I wonder a bit, and it's more just a logistical question, is how they handle travel, right? So they said that this team's going to shut it down, and then they're going to all travel to Orlando, right? Well, what about those yeah. that have tested positive? Are we going to be able to? Are you just going to separate the plane enough? Are they going to take separate flights? Like I'm just. Are they going to have to show up to separately? To yeah, if it you're was, not traveling with the team, isn't it like you're on your own to get there? I saw a report about that. Yeah, it was. It was something along the lines where if you if you miss a test, you're not going to be able to show up initially, right? So that means like you can't be you can't skip a COVID test. There's, I think right. they're also basically providing, because these are grown adults, you're allowed to travel on your own if you'd like, but if that's what you do, then it's there's a little bit longer of a process, I think, for you right. to be you able gotta to get, get into the bubble. over again. Right. Yeah. But I don't know how that applies to guys that have shown up to their markets and, and now find themselves with a positive test. I mean, there's also... One of the, the things here, right, is, you know, with DeAndre Jordan's case, he said that he tested positive as he traveled back to Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. You know, he said upon, I don't know if it happened during his travel, in the facility, I don't know, right? But because of the nature of airports and what have you, like, is there a potential that just the travel to Orlando yes. leads to a number of people catching it? And you're going to yes. find yourself with, Though, and the thing is, that first bit of testing, right, right, might not catch it on July 7th. They get right. in. Two days later, they have it. So they have to try it. They have to be very smart about how they approach this post-travel. Because if that is one of the things that's leading to positives popping up, and I would think it is, then... They're going to have to be very careful with how they position these players. No, absolutely, Kevin. And remember what we heard about a week ago when they tested the staff at the Orlando airport? 52% of the people had coronavirus. So the idea that we're going to travel in through this Petri dish that is the Orlando airport and then be clean as a whistle is ridiculous. Now, NBA players can probably... Yeah, you know, team planes and private flights, like that's absolutely possible. But what you're talking about here is these teams, the Kings, the Bucks or whatever, are like being safe, have a quick trigger to kind of shut it down. They can't do that once they're in the bubble. Yeah. What happens once you get to Florida and we see the same thing that happened with, say, FC Dallas. And right now, you know, our producer Joe Ranieri, our man, will tell you, Florida is spiking like a maniac right now. With the idea of, you know, 10,000 cases a day. And this is what these people are traveling to. So I think it really does complicate the issue. We are going to see those tests. The question is what happens when they come, you know, during this preseason game window. Well, we'll talk about it more when we come back. We got other news and notes to fill you in on. And then in hour number two, we turn our attention to baseball right here on the early line. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the early line right here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge. Kevin and I are talking about the NBA, how we're, you know, we're, we're getting to Orlando. We're going through the gateway that is the, uh, you know, Orlando airport, potentially going into a state that is spiking more than, you know, kind of anything in our nation. But they are going to put it on. They're going to grin and bear it. And we're planning contingencies for when players inevitably test positive. But, you know, what's also happening, Kevin, I thought this was funny. You know, I believe it's 22 of the 30 teams, right, are invited to Orlando to resume the season. We've talked about what happened to the other eight, because those are teams, Kev, that will potentially go from early March to early December between playing a game. Meanwhile, these other playoff teams will have only a two-month break. That's not necessarily fair. But Adam Silver is saying that there is going to be a second bubble for all the non-playoff teams, okay, just so that they can work out. Uh, maybe have scrimmages. I think a play-in tournament for the number one overall pick would be hysterical, but it looks like this is going to be in Chicago. But, Kev, it has the same kind of logistical issues, the same risk involved, and for what exactly? What do you think about this second mini-bubble? Yeah, they've, they've, some people have called them the Delete 8, and uh, I love that very much. <laughs> now, the idea of this is these teams do not want to have themselves without any type of competition from March until next year, pretty much. That is far too long a layoff right. for these teams, and they've pushed for this in some capacity. Though there is also some pushback, and maybe they think they'd just be better off being able to host mini camps amongst themselves in their own markets and not all have to go to a bubble and kind of deal with, you know, what the playoff teams are currently dealing with and having to isolate and separate from families for a little bit there. So I don't know if this mini bubble is going to play out perfectly because one of the, the differences in it in that it's not really necessary. They want it. It's ideal. That way the layoff is not as great. But right. unless we kind of get to the point where we realize that these games between the Hawks and the Knicks are going to be oh, important yeah. for them fulfilling TV contracts, I'm not sure this is going to necessarily get paid off. But it does have a purpose because going from, again, mid-March until, oh, let's, you know, they, they said mid-December. Even that is still a massive layoff for these teams that they do not want to have. No, absolutely. I think you're completely right. The layoff would be unfair for next year. The question is, is it really worth it, right? All the trouble. We're talking about is it worth it for like the NFL to proceed given all the risk out there? The NBA is doing yeah. it to crown a champion. I understand that. But do they really need to? Remember? How I think it was uh, Malcolm Jenkins, right, over in the NFL, in essence, was like, we have to understand that sports are a non-essential business. Okay, so if we're going to go and present it as essential to crown a champion, get the normalcy, you know, recoup the revenue and the finances, I understand that. But can you make the same argument, Kevin, for what you just described as the delete eight? I, I just I, I think one of the problems with this whole concept is going to be when Steph, Clay, and Draymond don't participate. So then the right. argument that you need game time is going to somewhat be removed when they right. go, we're not playing, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. And if, you, if anybody needs game time, it's Clay who hasn't played sure. forever. But the same thing Steph applies, right? Why risk it? Why risk it if you're about to get a contract? Why risk it if you're the prime? Like, I. As a Knicks fan, I would not want R.J. Barrett playing in this. Like, why? I mean, the only thing not that, only that is he gets hurt. I think, yeah, I mean, some people think that it would be good for R.J. to be able to not be that far removed from the game. People think that Trey Young could potentially be playing in this. But also, like, if Forget you're that, They work out all the time together. Sure. Like, they, they're going to get their run. It's that game action, right? That's what it seems that, the, that they're after. 
Again, I don't know how much potentially televising these games is playing a part here. I know when this was initially right. talked about, they were certainly interested in televising these games. But, you know, we have certainly not even gotten close enough to that uh, threshold where we know how that would play out if that becomes a reality. But again, I'm certainly not uh, in love with the idea of the Warriors being like, yes, it's okay to send Marquise Chris out there, but it's certainly not worth the risk for Steph. Like, that doesn't sit right with me, and I can't imagine it would with then the players that would go out there and play. I understand the game is the game, but like... When Steph's staying home and I'm now traveling to get some reps in, mm-hmm. you know, that's not going to land. The union right? couldn't do that either, okay? Because the union has to view all the players as the same, right? Either it's risky or it's not. It's not like it's risky for Steph Curry, but it's not risky for right. the ninth man on the on the rotation. The same way I think about when college sports open up. You can't say, oh, no, we can't have students on campus, but athletes can come on in. Like, that's right. inconsistent. And I'll, the only thing I'll say, though, Kev, is, you know, you talk about Trey Young, R.J. Barrett getting the run. I remember because watching the last dance with Michael Jordan, they said those Space Jam 2 practices were all yeah. the reps that they needed, right? So I think that could be uh, just enough, shall we say, for them to get done what needs to happen. But, Kev, that's not the only place you could see basketball this summer, okay? People have been asking mm. me, what is this tournament that's going on? And it is the TBT. What is it, like a million dollars on the line? But mm-hmm. this tournament is also susceptible to People catching COVID, right? I think one yeah. team was bounced out, but the tournament continues. Is this one of the blueprints we may be able to follow? Is this one of the putts to be read here to figure out how to put on a big sporting event in the context of COVID? Yeah, so the TBT tournament is not going to be lost on the NBA. Chris Paul, the leader of the Players Association, has a team in this tournament, and he actually yeah, was on one of the games. Yeah, I think it's. I think it might even just be Team CP3 or something along okay. those lines. And he, I mean, he came on right, like for for a nice little interview while his team was playing. And he was like, "Oh yeah, we're watching this." I was texting Kyle Lowry, and you know, we're kind of looking at what they're doing here. And I'm sure then that means execs are looking as well. TBT is being incredibly strict, incredibly strict with their process. Awesome. You have to test uh, negative five different times. And where they're, where the strictness is showing, Eberlene Drive, who's actually one of the top teams in this tournament, had one positive test. They were one of the teams mm. went by. One positive test, asymptomatic. They've tested everybody on the team since that positive test. All negative. Eberlene Drive is now bounced out of the tournament. That is, that is how strict they are. One positive test, regardless of the nature of it, your entire team is removed. They kind of also added like how the positive test rate has been for them, right? So the at-home positive rate was at about a 7.5%, the isolation period down to a 1.6%, then after three days of quarantine down to a 0.6, day four down to a 0.3, and then when they get to that day five of quarantine, uh, they've had no positive tests. So the TBT has done a really, really nice job on that front it's also been nice to see basketball back there will be a game later tonight and what's going to be happening in that game is the winner of team cp3 versus the golden eagles will be going against brotherly love who won this weekend and are now getting just pushed through as they were supposed to be matched up with Ah. Drive, but who are now being removed all right fair enough you know one of the things you mentioned there is that cbt is kind of going Um, on a far side of the continuum, Kev, right, in terms of Mm. being safe. And I think, Kev, that's that's the only answer. You know what I mean? You can't face the backlash from from a PR standpoint if they're more casual or cavalier or nonchalant about this, right? If you're going to be on one side of the continuum, you, I think, have to be on the safe side. And remember, we talked about this with the UFC, right, Kev? Like, in Vegas, remember that? Like, everybody in the UFC was masked up, taking the precautions, and it looked far safer than the casinos across the street where everyone was just chilling and reveling and yeah. they could be outside again. I think, the, I think the thing with TBT, though, is the idea yeah. that one person was positive and the rest of the team tested negative, and they're like, look, you know the rules. And Eberlene Drive was like, look, we understand. 
right? Like they're, they're looking to keep everybody safe and we look forward to being back next year. Um, So it just, it shows how strict they're being. And it's because this is going to be something that ends on July 14th. Like it's a 10 day window. Like we're not putting people up in a different hotel. We're not going to pause the tournament. We're going and we're moving our, at our pace. I just want to say, I do think this TBT tournament is also being watched for potential pickups. We don't know how many Ooh, people okay. could potentially the be dropping out. The transaction window is not going to close. It opens and it's open for the rest of the season. Think about this. These are athletes that are getting in game reps, right? Yeah. These are guys that all played, you know, between the collegiate level, G League level. I mean, Joe Johnson's in right. this tournament for people that don't know. Yeah. Like, Joe Johnson getting a call after this is very, very plausible. And also, this will be the, a group. That have been quarantined, testing negative a ton. Like, there isn't a better pool of players for, you know, teams in the NBA to look at if they're going to need addition to their roster. So this TBT tournament also is somewhat of a semi-tryout for some of these guys, maybe to find themselves on playoff rosters. No, I think that's a very good point, Kev, because you got guys that are, I don't want to, you know, go too far with the term, but they're like as close to mid-season form as anybody you're going to find. Right. Because yeah. They've been doing their runway. And like you said, they've also in midseason form in terms of having to go through whatever protocols are in place, whether it's testing, whether it's quarantine. I guess the other thing I see here, though, Kev, is while you're right, right, that um, they're being safe, the one positive test, the whole team is eliminated. It makes me think, though, Kev, that this is going to happen in the NBA. This is mm. going to happen. In Major League Baseball, in the NHL, in MLS. The idea that this bubble is truly hermetically sealed and safe, I think is a misnomer. I think is naive. We know Disney employees can come in and out of the bubble, right, as they please and go home. And then who knows, right? So the the lid is off on the bubble. I think the true question is, you know, I always go back to this, Kev. Tom Brady, it looks like, sustained a concussion in the Super Bowl. They didn't pull him out the game. Because he was Tom effing Brady, right? With a TBT tournament team, that's cool. But what happens when the policy is in place and two members of the Los Angeles Lakers or of the Milwaukee Bucks or of the Boston Celtics, not on June 29th, but on July 29th, test positive? And I think that's when the league and everybody involved is going to have to decide on what the priority is. And that's and look and that and that's why they're keeping an eye on it. I'll just uh, add this tonight. Yeah. It's again Golden Eagles as seven point favorites against Team CP3. I'd be interested in taking the seven points. I think game time matters. Team CP3's already played in around the Golden Eagles that buy. They're one of the favorites. They're expected to win, but I think taking seven points with a team with a game under their belt isn't a bad idea. All right, fair enough. You could win a little bit of extra cash, and you could scout for potential fill-ins for the NBA season. When we come back, it is our number two. We turn our attention to Major League Baseball. When we come back, it's the early line, giving you the edge on sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 